Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, October 7, 2018. The share ID numbers for Friday, October 5th are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 12,006. That's 12006. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 12,007. That's 12007. This morning, A Vision for You presents a new attitude and a new spirit. The Big Book teaches that to get over drinking, or for us, compulsive overeating, it will require a transformation of thought and attitude. The 12 steps, as outlined in the big book, represent a process of spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. The real advantage of these steps is that they are a specific proven method for producing a transformation, a change in the way we think, a change in the way we feel, a change in the way we behave. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of our lives, are cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions, ideas, and attitudes begin to dominate us. Life in recovery includes facing challenges and adjustments. There are new skills and new behaviors to develop and new attitudes to practice. The big book stresses the importance of living by spiritual principles. The steps continue to catalyze our growth, our new attitude, and our new spirit. Joining us today to speak on this very topic is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Leah is loyal to the spiritual work of the 12 steps and to carrying this message of recovery. Welcome to the line, Leah S. Star one to unmute. Thank you very much, Leah M. Um, I would like to set my timer, so um, could you tell me how, how much time I have? In general, 45 minutes to one hour. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm not. I'm not setting my timer. I'm. I'm sure that will be okay. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Good morning, my fellow sisters and brothers. Before I begin talking, I want to thank Leah M. for giving me this opportunity to share my strengths, my hopes my progressive growth as the result of practicing these 12 steps of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I would like to invite dear God into this conversation with all of you. Please, dear God, help me relay my experiences that have helped me not only stop eating compulsively, but mend relationships that I have never dreamed of tackling. Please, dear God, come into my heart, give me an open mind, and allow me to see the truth. Thank you, dear God. In fact, relationships are manageable, doable, 
and simply just right and good. And I was told that good has no limits. My name is Leah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn, New York. I had wanted to focus on Step 9 and Step 10 at this SPEAK event. The miracles that this program promises are actually so much more. It was inconceivable for me. I didn't even aim for that. By doing Steps 9 and 10, by continuing to focus on that course in Step 11, And, of course, giving it away in Step 12 is keeping me spiritual aligned and happy and able to enjoy my life. My key is the 12 steps and the tools of the program. The freedom of craving to overeat or find the solution from stuffing my face has been to put on new lenses on my eyes. I wear eyeglasses. I forget, (laughs) actually, if I'm nearsighted or whatever they call it. I know one thing, that if you pass me in the street and wave to me and smile, I really cannot see your face clearly unless I am wearing my eyeglasses. I know that and I understand that. My life is the way I saw things and the way I interpreted stuff. All I really had to do was put on the lens differently. And it's not hard if you follow these simple rules. Step one is that my eating is out of control. My life is out of control. Admitting to these facts... I had lost 65 pounds when I joined in 2012. I am a five foot six inch frame. By 2014 in October, I weighed 125 pounds. My anger with my family was crazy. My relationship with six of my nine children, my husband, um, uh, six of them were married. And my relationship with my other daughter, who was yet unmarried, was nada. Although she wasn't living at home, since the age of eight, when I had begged my older daughter to take her into her house, my life was topsy-turvy in the least. I needed to figure out what a chemical imbalance meant for my then 12-year-old son. My husband was always yelling at home. During the summer months, he worked for someone that I despised and simply wanted revenge at. My world crashed, and this son entered a group home when he was 22, and at the same time, my mom died in September of 2012. I had been taking care of both of them. I came into these rooms on November 26th of 2012. I was introduced to a Vision for You phone meetings in January of 2013. My last binge was on October 26, 2014. 
step two is since I face these facts, I am humbled and I became willing that a higher power is conducting my life. I was devastated when I had to change my menu after my binge in 2014. Yet the hope and the willingness to again contact my nutritionist was there. I thought I had reached rock bottom the first time. However, I was, not, I was to find out in 2014 that that was not rock bottom the first time. After seeing my endocrinologist and getting my sugars to a normal level, I was ruled out of being hypoglycemic. However, I do have a machine to check my sugars. I am so grateful to God for giving me the willingness for not being so stubborn and trying. Trying is always an option. Trying means hope. And my stubbornness gets less. Step three is personalizing that higher power, who I call God. Implementing that power that represents good, kind, patience, and tolerance for me. Here, after understanding step three, it is important to reread page XXIV. That is the, uh, um, the forward to the fourth edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What this big book is telling us, even before embarking on the study of the text that is written here, is that it is important to be honest and true. Another important understanding is that if I am not telling the truth, then this program will somehow not work for me. By the time I have read with the guidance of my sponsor and the identification of step three, I should have at least three weeks of abstinence so that I can reach that understanding and commitment. This program is a language of our hearts. It is simple enough, and it is about following directions. It is all about being authentic, even before we begin with the doctor's opinion. It's the basis of being honest with yourself and with whomever you are working as a sponsor. To strengthen step three, I reread page 567 and 568 very often. In the doctor's opinion, we are told about a psychic change that should help us recover. I have overeaten my entire life. I have lost my weight too, but I gained it back almost in the blink of my eye. I will talk about the psychic change soon. Step four is about finding out who Leia really is and what Leia really does. It's simple. Step four asks us to face fearlessly all the things that Leia does that is not nice behavior. It is not about changing to be the most perfect and wonderful person overnight. It is about facing and validating what I actually do when faced with challenge. Sometimes we know our reaction, but we don't really face it 
the continuing process of steps 10, 11, and 12 will help us recover. Bringing God into my life, into every aspect, is so much better. For me, it takes the responsibility and worry off my shoulders. On page 151 in the big book, they talk about the four horsemen. And the first one is terror. The second one is bewilderment. And the third one is frustrations. The fourth is despair. I want to talk about resentments. The big book talks about resentments being the number one offender. I never knew that I was eating more than I'm supposed to because I never sat down to a regular breakfast or a lunch. I was eating nonstop, but considered that it's not a meal. I didn't keep, I kept getting frustrated, sometimes saying to myself, This week I only ate one meal each day. Why did I gain weight? Quote, unquote. Pages 551 and 552 was and is very important for me to read almost daily. I am angry and fearful. I was angry or jealous because I got treated badly in my life. I was angry because of self-justified anger. I was sarcastic because I was told lies. I was shamed and embarrassed because I became indignant. Um, I was a victim, so I'm angry because I am just as human as you are. And what right do you have to step all over me? Or I'm angry about the circumstances in my life. I was also a hoarder. My fear of not having or not having enough, that's dysfunction. I was a procrastinator. That meant I did not want to take responsibility. Now, did I really think that I was responsible for my son's health? I was so into food that acknowledging as I do today from page 417 was far from my mind. So where is God in all of this? I finally face that I'm coming from a dysfunctional family. I finally faced that my husband comes from a dysfunctional family. I didn't want to admit that. I saw normal behavior. I saw insane behavior. Someone who doesn't want to differentiate between those two behaviors is mentally ill. But I didn't see it that way before program. Page 60 and 61, they are the ones that, that, that really um, brought me up to par in that. I want to run the show. I am a compulsive overeater, and I have siblings that have the dysfunction that they grew up with, or perhaps they had this dysfunction all along. Step five gave me the validation and the reassurance of my secrets in my life. On page 74, the big book talks about Getting the person you would give your inventory to. 
and the relief in step five that felt very freeing as well. Step six was the ultimate symbol of him of humbleness, humility. I needed to get some more help and relief. And here I learned what meditation and reflection mean. And honestly facing my inventories, how they led me to constantly seek the food to ease my pain. Where do I harm myself in relation because of the causes? Because the reasons I harm myself. Does it really make my any sense? These are important questions. Why do I avoid certain situations? The psychic change that took place for me is that my vision changed, my perspective changed, my understanding, my comprehension. If I was legitimately a victim, do I need to continue harming Leah? The resentments were getting me even more upset and more into the food. If I go to a hospital to visit someone and that patient is in pain, not on the best behavior, perhaps even impatient with me, I wouldn't be angry. I would pray for that person to get better. And the same applies to my anger. Regardless of which situation, I have to stop taking these attacks as personal. And that leads me into step seven. It came as a natural. The prayer formed itself by depending on the situation that I was in. And it continues to do so. Aside from the seven-step prayer that can be found on page 76, I do personalize prayers about situations that I need to address and that mean that needs uh, amends that I need to make to. Dear God, set aside these emotions that block me from you and block me from seeing the truth. How do I, how did I retaliate in each situation that brought me pain? But suffering silently means harming Leah. I now longer, no longer want to harm Leah. I cannot go back to the food. I cannot go back to that unbelievable desperation that I had felt. I cannot go back to that rubbing of my thighs as I barely walked. I cannot go back to the wanting to go under the covers again, perhaps until 2 o'clock, and the day will pass. The intensity of my rock bottom. I need to honestly see what did I wrong another person. As I was to continue with the 12 steps, I have learned that I do not like to treat people the way I was treated. That is what I've learned over here. Step eight gives me more humility and more courage. My fear is slowly disappearing because God gives me more courage to make these amends that I could never do without his help. The courage to face what has been staring at me all along, but I didn't admit. 
Now I have my lens on right, and I can see all the telltale signs. I can see it's not difficult to admit because my ego no longer bothers me. Nothing is bothering me now. All I want to do is correct my wrongs. I want to briefly touch about energy. Anger is an energy. I was cynical. I was sarcastic. It's not easy for me to admit that. Why? Because they are unkind and not nice traits. I do not want to introduce myself as a person who has no consideration. That puts me in a bad light. Why should I do that? Because I am a compulsive overeater. I take my emotions to my food. I have admitted that in step one and step two. I am angry. I feel tense. My muscles tighten. The adrenaline starts working overtime. I can't even keep track of what my behavior is like when I'm nervous. Nothing calms me as food can. And wait, if food does not do it, I would buy more food and consume until I would go into oblivion. Anger is an energy that can be felt. If I walk in the street, I can also sense who I want to walk the block down with because that energy is felt. However, if kindness and a smile is genuine, I see that in your eyes as well. I know because I see from the happiness and that good energy that is coming off from the other person. In this program, I have learned to identify what is positive and negative behavior for me. It is important to me. To me, God is all-powerful, good and kind, loving and tolerant, and non-judgmental. I was in need of a genuine smile. I was in need of a genuine feeling of validation. And God is all that to me and much more. Truthfully, I can speak to him anytime, as many times as I want to. I can seek uh, answers to puzzling situations. I get these intuitive thoughts, and then I see how it worked out. Instead of me always having to answer and, 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 and have a resolution. So here we go. Um, personal family members. I made amends to people who had died by writing a letter and going to the cemetery. I lit a candle and as well as I put down the letter. I felt freed in a very spiritual way. My siblings both um, are mentally ill. I do living amends. I am not hurt, but I cannot allow them to hurt me. Living by healthy boundaries, joyous and free from bondage of food, is a miracle that is beyond comprehension for me. All I did was want 
and show willingness that I want to better myself. I have chosen to live with my husband and I'm mindful of his issues as well as of mine. My husband today treats me with the utmost respect. We are on a new relationship that is still growing. The coming year will be our 45th wedding anniversary. Our children call us and we enjoy getting together occasionally. I am able to enjoy the grandchildren when they do visit. Our baby daughter now communicates with me, and the mending of relationships is in progress. My husband's boss still doesn't greet me, but I no longer walk by feeling as if I want to hurt him. Isn't that a miracle? I see certain behaviors that have changed within me. I pray, dear God, help him and change me because these are true miracles. I believe that we are all impacted and by the way we were raised and what we grew up in and how our life continues in the environment that we are. I would like to relate a story about my son that happened just a few weeks ago. So my son is medically um, not feeling well. And um, this, uh, after the summer, we went to do a colonoscopy for him. And it was not successful. And the doctor came in after the colonoscopy, and he said to me, well, uh, something's not right. I don't know what's going on. We we really have to tackle this uh, at another uh, at another time. That was all. Now um, I was doing a prayer in my heart, and I was saying, "Dear God, my son has not eaten anything since Sunday night, and here it is Wednesday, and and, and we still don't have." A solution. He has been on liquids, and he has been telling me, calling me, when am I going to eat after the colonoscopy, right? And I look at the doctor and I say, please, doctor, give me five more minutes. His hand was on the handle of the door. He was about to go out. He looks at me and he says to me, I have three more colonoscopies to do. And I said to myself, dear God, help me. And right away I said to him, my son needs to know the solution. We need to know what is going on. At least explain to me what is the other solution you're going to do with him. And the doctor says, well, there's something that is called a virtual colonoscopy. We can do that. And then I said, What does it entail, the preparation for a virtual colonoscopy? He says, the same thing that he did now. And then I I don't know where I got the guts or the courage, but I said to the doctor, you know, he has been, he is all ready for this. He has been on non-liquids all this time. We can do it now. He says, I don't have the facilities for that. Uh, 
I said, well, well, why don't we get to work? Why don't we do this? And he looks at me and he says, okay, okay. He goes right back and he has an office with six secretaries. He calls three of them and he says, I want you guys to find out who does this procedure and set up an emergency appointment. Get all the paperwork done. I will sign it and fax it over and let this woman take her son to get this test done. I couldn't believe it. I walked out with my son. And as I'm walking upstairs, I called the group home, and I said to the manager, "Um, I need a, a chauffeur. I need a chauffeur because I need to take my son. I don't know where somewhere and uh, we're going to continue testing and the manager who always says I got to get permission or the just like that you got it Mrs. S wow within 10 minutes I'll have Garfield over there oh wow wow dear God one miracle after another and um, by the time Uh, Ten minutes rolled around. I had paperwork in my hand. I had to get to the other side of Brooklyn, and I didn't have, I had no idea how we were going to get there because traffic in in, in Brooklyn, and and especially during the day, is really crazy. I got out to Garfield, and I showed him the address, and we started going. We passed through traffic. I cannot begin to tell you. And then when we got to um, Sunset Park in Brooklyn, um, we went into the uh, office, and everyone was waiting for us. It wasn't like, you know, and they right away took my son. And then the technician comes over to me and says to me, you know, when the machine is going to tell your son, breathe or don't breathe, I want you to talk to your son. The doctor over there told me that you have magic. Oh, my God. He let me back in the back room, and the test was over before I even knew it. And then I went out to Garfield, and I said to Garfield, we're done for today. But all of a sudden, I said to him, Garfield, could you drive me home to my uh, house He says, yes, I can. I'm all yours. I was told that wherever your son has to go, that's where I should go. And then I said, you know what? I know in my neighborhood where they do fresh foods, and I'll get Dove Fresh Foods. That's the name of my son. And... um. And he drove me back to my neighborhood, right in front of the restaurant that I wanted to go to. I got portions for my son and for Garfield. And then I came to the car and I said, Garfield, thank you so much for coming to my neighborhood. This one's for you and this one's for my son. And Garfield says to me, no, why don't you come in? I'll take you home. I said, ah. It's about two blocks from my house. You don't have to do that. You can go back to the group home. 
And he says, no, Mrs. S., this is nothing for me. So I got into the car. And when I got into the car, I forgot to tell you that all this time my husband was texting me, and I was texting him back what the situation is all about. And um, we get to the front of my house, and Dove is turning around and saying, thanks, Ma, thanks so much. And I got out of the car, and as I got out of the car, I see someone walking up um, towards the uh, um, towards our building, and all of a sudden, Dove turns his window down and screams, "Daddy, Daddy!" And my husband turned around, and there was such excitement that they met. I could never explain to Dove that his father was texting me all this time. But both of them were so happy to say, what is that God-given moment? At that exact same time, he is home and, 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 and they're meeting. So they hugged and we um, we stayed, you know, just by the car. And then Garfield drove back. This is this is a miracle that is beyond my that I could not even imagine. Because Joe's father used to tell me, I don't understand anything that's going on with with Dove, and 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 here, his whole thinking turned around, his whole everything turned around. There are so many miracles that I see really, really all the time. But these miracles cannot happen only if I really have that conscious contact with God. I do 10 steps daily as they needed to be done. I do 11 step. That means meditation. And 12 step for sure. I am open to outreach. I moderate meetings uh, sometimes on the phone, sometimes in person. There is nothing like that. There's not, not, no food that can satiate, no kind of feeling as being being whole and and honest and 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 just um, just being aware, aware. I do daily walks every single morning. God Almighty, never did that. I I live on the sixth floor of a project apartment. I go up and down sometimes, uh, even three times a day. I don't mind it. Um, I get compliments that I don't, I'm so I get so shocked sometimes. And um, I went back to college. I did things for myself that I never dreamed that I would ever, ever do. Um, The possibilities are still endless. I finally sent away my resume to um, a place that I'm very excited to work for. And um, not only am I excited to work for, but I know that I I feel confident about the kind of work that I'm going to do. Gosh, I just became 62 years old this summer, but I don't feel, I don't feel at all my age. 
if if as if some some people have told me, come on, in your age, why do you go to school? Why do you do this? Why? I am so so happy. There's another hobby that I do that I have started tackling also in my free time, and that is I started writing a book. I love to write, and um, I have started writing that. It's only when the inspiration comes to me that I must take out my laptop and do that. These, these are unbelievable things that are happening to me, and they continue to getting better and better. Um, the relationship with my children, the relationship with my siblings. Um, one Saturday uh, last year, one of my siblings came and knocked at my door in the afternoon. Uh, she has never been to my apartment, no matter how many times I have invited her. And I was so shocked. And she came in, and all she did was cry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I harassed you your entire I never called her. I never told her what she did. Never, never, never. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the miracle of um, get-together when we were together is that I put my arms around her. And I said to her, because she was sobbing about mom being abused by her, too. And I was saying to her, you know, I'm sure that mom knows how you feel. Wow, I really meant it. I really meant it. Um, freedom from bondage, from 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 so many situations, from so many. Um, there are no obstacles, really. There aren't, because because I have that higher power in my life, and not always is it is it this rosy and and cozy and and whatnot, but. You know what? I look at the positive. And when I look at the positive, I know, I know in my gut that I'm okay because he is leading me to something better. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much, Leah. Thank you so much, Leah, for sharing this profound and inspiring journey of transformation with all of us today. Thank you so very much. Today's share ID, 12,011. That's 12011 for this presentation. Leah's contact information will be given at the conclusion of the recording, so stay tuned for that. We, you now have an opportunity to pose questions to our speaker, Leah, Leah S., by pressing star 1 to unmute and... Please offer your first name and first letter of your last name as well. Cynthia C. Cynthia C. Abby B. Abby C. Devorah L. Devorah L. Lynn D. Kim B. Is that Suzanne D.? 
Julie E.B.? I got you, Julie E.B., but I'm missing Thank you. prior to that. Laura, that Lynn. Laura H., Lynn D., is that correct? Laura H., there was somebody else I believe I missed. Is there a Kim in there? A Kathy S. Kathy S. Okay, let's go with this group. I have Cynthia C., Abby B., Devora L., Lynn D., Kathy S., Julie E.B., and Laura H. Did I miss anyone? Okay. Everybody mute, please, except for Cynthia C. Go ahead, Cynthia. Uh, Leah, may I be heard? I hear you. Thank you. Leah, thank you so much for your service on this meeting. And Leah S., um, wow, just wow, thank you. It was a um, really strong message of recovery and very moving. Um, my question is this. Um, is that I guess I would like to hear a little bit more about your step 11 and more in terms of um, like your daily prayer. Like how do you balance out sort of your 12-step prayers with maybe, and I'm not asking for specifics about your religious prayers, but, you know, but just how, how do you balance that out? That's my question. Thank you very much. So that I'll pass. Thank you so much, um, Cynthia. Um, okay, so what I do is um, I have certain questions from the big book um, that I have on my laptop, and I all I have to do is answer them today, um, each and every day. In the morning, uh, when I get up, I um, I do a little yoga. I um, I, I sort of. Um, Yoga is is deep reflection. That's what I do. And I uh basically go outside and I go on my uh I don't I don't really yeah, jog. Um I go outside for a half hour or so. I get up much earlier than usual. Um I get up at 5:30. Um and then I am usually on my way out. Uh, by quarter after six in the morning, and uh, so so um, the questions that I ask myself um, in uh, while I'm walking and 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 just uh, you know thinking about uh, my day, what is going to be like, and um, and how I can be of service to to others and um if i i get into a uh, quandary how am i going to manage this one with the, this one because of this personality or that personality i don't let it, that get to me because because people will be people and um and i just need to rely on god that he will give me the answers of what i have to do and so when I come back, um, I do some more prayers, and then I have my breakfast in the morning. And, and then I just go, go ahead and go about my day. I hope that answers your question, Cynthia. Let's take that as a yes. <laughs> Thank you, Cynthia C., for the question. Abby B., your turn. Hi, Leah. Hi, Leah. I'm Leah. It's Leah squared. Go, go right ahead. Can you hear me? 
I hear you well. Thank you. Uh, Leah asks, can you say more about your steps eight and nine? Thanks. For sure, for sure. Um, Thank you so very much. Um, Steps eight made me meditate. Um, You know, um, actually, step six started me on the meditation. Now, there's no real um, specific way to meditate because I didn't either know. But it's it's called deep reflection. It's shutting out everything else. Well, that's also another reason I get up so early. We don't hear the traffic or anything. It's really quiet. It's and and that's what meditation is all about that you don't have anything distracting you not a phone not 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 any noise it's just uh you and 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 god almighty just stupid i'm sorry okay so step 6 has done that to me and i continued with step 7 and then it led me into step 8 so when I was um, ready to do amends, I was asking God, how can I do these amends without hurting myself or hurting anyone? And I have to say, before you make any amends, you should discuss it with a recovered person. And that should be either your sponsor or someone who knows you through program but it should be a recovered person. Steps nine is that um, all I need to face up to is what I did wrong. Now, what I did wrong with my siblings was that I kept quiet. I never, I never answered them back, but I, in my, uh, on my face, or on my eyes, I was rolling them, or I was making faces, or I was doing stuff. And they, you know, the the purpose and the other person that I was going to do the amends to, they saw that. So I had to specifically um, ask for forgiveness for making faces and thinking badly that way. And that I felt sorry about that. And I wanted them to forgive me about that. And that's all I focused on. And I'm not saying that the other people did not come back and tell me, but, but, but. And I had to listen to everything they said. But if it got to a point where it was being abuse, then I would interrupt them and say, I'm really sorry about that incident. Here I am sorry about what I did. Stick to my side of the street and 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 then say this is what I'm sorry about. Because this was discussed already with my sponsor. Thank you. Thank you very much, Abby B. Devorah L, your turn. Star one to unmute to Hi, thank you so much for mm-hmm. this qualification. Uh, thank you, Leah. Also, um, I I have a two two small questions. One is, 
when you were going through your initial step one and going through detox, beginning the steps, how long did it, if you have some practical suggestions of hope um, to share on that. And then the second question is, how did you find yourself evolving into a person who could trust the ideas that were coming into your mind in terms of what is God's will for you? I know you went back to school and you made certain changes in your life. When did that become real in your life? Whereas, you know, before all of our thinking was driving us to the food and then we now have to align ourselves with God's will and really trust when ideas come into your mind that it's truly God's will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, don't get off the phone. <laughs> I I um I didn't get what was your first question? Oh, uh, the first question is about the initial detox period. I've been in and out of relapse for a long time and this is my third day of clean surrender to the food um to the food plan and I just was wondering if you could share some hope on that. Thank you. I got it. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm so happy to to tell you about this. Um, So um, the desperation and the utter um, hopeless feeling that I felt, the intensity that I felt it with was, was with me all the time, all the time. I must say, and I must admit, maybe I didn't say it, I wanted to, that um, I needed professional counseling. And I used it for my own, um, my own growth and my own ability in, with the study of the text, together with that. Now, um, my sponsors kept me pretty busy. I needed to answer questions. I needed to read some things. And this is not a novel. I needed to study it. I really needed to study it. Each, um, each, each context was some, you know, each uh, sentence meant something else or it, you could be, it could be broadened into more. So let's go back to the the fact that I had gone to counseling. Um, I I what I used was the tool of writing, and I started sort of a diary. And as I started that diary, I kept on focusing on what I did because my sponsor told, kept on telling me, not what the others did, and don't explain what they did just say what you did you know and i learned how to write and then when i went for my counseling sessions i would bring up these subjects this is what i did i can't control it i can't i can't i have that desperation i want to go and stuff my face and i I was honest about everything that i'm going through you know with this counselor and i was very fortunate because that counselor was able to guide me also and so um i started feeling i started feeling a lot of gratitude about oh my goodness i got another day behind me it's not so difficult 
I just have to keep on focusing on that. And then and then slowly shifting my my interests to everything else but the food. So I started um, preparing my foods every evening, and I started cooking them so that when I come home or whatever it is, they're always available. And then, um, and then uh, uh, it, it just started working for me. It started becoming more days and more days of abstinence and more learnings. I started listening to more meetings, and I started going to different meetings. I started making time for that, and it was really amazing. Um, now, as far as um, uh, getting um, getting the what's it call it the um, uh, that intuitive thing, that intuitive thing came with the honesty of my prayers. I uh, I was very uh, conscious. I was very conscious of um, how I want to behave, what I want to behave, what I want to do, but I, it needed to be the truth when I was when I was praying or when I was uh, meditating. It needed to be the honest truth. Excuse me a second. Um, it needed to be the honest truth, and then slowly I started getting these intuitive thoughts. So um, I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much. Thanks, Devorah L. for the question. Lynn D., your turn. Good morning, um, Leah and Leah, and uh, thank you both for your service. This has been a very timely uh, share for me. Um, and my question is um, if you could um, share a little more on the um, amends to people that have passed. Um, uh, that would be great. Uh, and I'll turn it over to you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, for me, for me, that was difficult because um, uh, my mom and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they were not well people. They did things um, that really hurt me. Um, I needed to focus on what I did, that um, that I was responsible for 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 making them unhappy about. So, um, for instance, when I took care of my mom towards the um, towards right before she died. Uh, I would say like 10 years before. Um, I, I, just, I just did things and I, uh, I didn't do them. I, didn't do, I did them without emotion. And then if she would show any kind of emotion, I simply would not answer her. So I needed to tell her that um, that I was sorry we didn't have that relationship. 
and that I wished we could have, but um, that I was sick emotionally as well, and that I want to ask her forgiveness because I think we could have developed a relationship. That was it. That was it. It said it all. With my um, mother-in-law, um, I, I said, I wrote uh, that I was sorry that we were not honest with each other. And that's the truth. We were not. We were not. We were play-gaming. She was play-gaming me. I was play-gaming her even more. And uh, so that I needed, it's, it's all in one sentence. I'm sorry I wasn't honest with you. Yes, it wasn't a relationship, but where was my part? My part was that I was not honest with her. I hope that answers your question. Thank you, Lynn D. Kathy S., star one to unmute. Thank you, Leah. Um, my question is about step your step 10, which is where I struggle with your daily inventory. Can you speak about that? Oh, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Yes, I can. Step 10 is done to me with me, with another uh, fellow, when something comes up and I get tense and I get that feeling of, Oh, no, not this again, not this again, and it builds up. I know I have to do a step 10. So basically, it is step four through um, step nine all over again. But the way I do it is the honesty, who am I angry with? Really, I'm not angry at the situation. I need to know, pinpoint who am I angry with? It needs concentration. Really point out where and who am I angry at. And then the cause. Because of this or because of that. The cause can many times be a projection. It really can. It it might not even be true, but it's it might be something that I'm imagining that was going to happen, and because of that, I'm already uh, getting tensed up. Um, and then the 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 other question I say is, what is really my fear? What am I really really petrified about this situation? And then. The most important question, what is the dishonesty about this whole situation? What is not really happening? What is not really a fact but a projection? And then immediately bring God into this whole picture and tell him the truth. Write it down. Usually before I do a step 10, I write it all down and I pray about it. Now, that prayer comes to me according to what that anger is all about. And um, I address that situation specifically. And um, 
And then after I have said that prayer to myself, I make a phone call to another person who is recovered, and I review this. And then I say, what are your insights about this? Because it's not... It's not all about me. I need your opinion. You're not involved as personally as I am. And usually, usually I find other people that are not so into the the situation, they can advise, they can say it a little bit more clearer, you know. Perhaps your fear is not this, or perhaps um, your anger is not really directed at, at this because, you know, and, and it helps me sort it out. And then we do a prayer together. And then after we do that prayer, I am told to go out and call someone else that I can help. And I call another fellow. And if I can't get through to another fellow, then I do something useful. I either go, um, I don't know, to uh, I help an old lady, or I get up, I get up on on the, on the in the bus, or I go out on the bus and and I get up from my seat for an old lady, or I, I do something good, something that is nice and that is proper and that is right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathy S., for the question. Julie E.B., your turn. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully uh, recovered by the grace of God in Colorado. Um, So, yeah, I'm really grateful for my food absence. But I heard you talk about how your relationships change. Sorry, I have a gummy mouth. <laughs> How your relationships changed. And uh, just searching for some experience, strength, and hope as, you know, life is happening and things are going up and down. And uh, and I fall back into some of my defects and, and uh, just how that changed over time. And um, I also just admire the love that you speak of. Uh, towards yourself for your higher power. So I don't know if that makes sense, but hopefully um, just talking about how relationships have been for you at different times. Thanks. Thank you very much. As you were talking, I was thinking if I should share this one, but I am going to share it because I have found peace with myself. So... um, there's a there is a situation that has not been resolved and i am at peace and i have done a 10 step okay so this is about my son's doctor and in in my uh opinion there is something that is being done that is and um is not right for his sake And um, I have confronted that doctor, and that doctor did something that is is really, really um, unethical, uh, unprofessional, and uh, 
Well, uh, least to say is that those people that were in that office with the doctor were all open-mouthed as well as I was. And what happened was the doctor ran out of the office, which was even more absurd. Okay, now, um, I was very angry, and I was very um, hurt, and, uh, and that doctor did not want to talk to me anymore. Now, I had to come to some kind of conclusion because it was bothering me. And all of a sudden, it, as I was praying and meditating about this whole situation, I, I, I said it as it happened and reviewed it with a recovered person. And then I started having empathy Believe it or not, if I were that doctor and I was sitting in that chair and I would be saying what that doctor said, you know, to me, I would not want to face you as a patient anymore. I'd, I would ignore your phone calls. I don't want to meet you. I don't want to be my shame to be. Uh, reflected in your eyes. And then I realized that the fact that that doctor ran out of the office was that he right away understood what he had done. But he wasn't going to turn around and say, Mrs. S., I did something. I'm sorry. For whatever reason, you know, not everyone is in this program. But me being in this program can finally understand what is going on. And oh my goodness. And with time, this doctor has started lowering his medications. Now, um, this is, this is an incredible story and it's, it's, it's a true story. And the reason I want to tell you, um, that that I don't have a solution because I still don't speak to that doctor. It's because God is taking care of his children. I believe that sincerely. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julie E. Laura H., if everyone else could please stay muted out of respect for the speaker and for the meeting, thank you. Laura H., please, your turn. Hi, thank you for everyone's service today. What a wonderful day to start our Sunday. My question really has to do with Step 12. I've been in program four years, and I'm very, very blessed with the life that I have been given recently. And I find myself doing a lot of service. How do I maintain a healthy balance between giving of myself to others, like, like what, what was given to me? You know, I want to make sure to do that. But also being the grandmother that I need to be, the, the employee that I need to be, um, because I have a brain that wants more all the time. So if you could talk about that, that would be great. 
Thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm going to begin um, with uh, telling you that in preparation of my food every single evening, having everything at my uh, in, in the fridge, in my containers, has given me structure, has given me structure around the food, has taken my worries about my food. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? It took it all away, right away, right there. Um, structure in my life needed also healthy boundaries. And um, just like I would um, take time to cook my food and to prepare them, I needed to take time that this is the time I can take a, f a phone call and this is the time I cannot. I know the schedule of my family members when they come home, and I cannot be on the phone. This is, after all, why I came into this program, to be able to know how to live with those who are close to me and to be there for them. Uh, I also want to talk about flexibility. Um, if uh, whatever situation does arise, and I, I did give time to a sponsee or to a fellow, then I will say the truth. Um, I'm really sorry, but something has come up, and perhaps we can continue this conversation at uh, such a time or such a time. And um, I do do that. There's one more thing I want to say, that in my neighborhood, there was no meetings. And um, we needed to go, I needed to go to the community center to get the place for having a meeting because I wanted for my convenience to have a meeting in my area. The community center did not, from the projects, did not want to give us um, uh, this place, you know, this room for our meetings. And yet, I said, we have to try. So we wrote to the main housing projects, and lo and behold, the uh, after a lot of negotiations, after four months, we finally got a room. We got a room where we can hold our meetings. So we need to, yes, I do bring the books, and I do moderate, and I do have the text form, and it is a big book study. We started out with three people, and we sometimes have 11 people, and sometimes we have only six people, but it, I go there whenever I can, and most of the time I do go there. <laughs> It's my meeting. It's my baby. And um, it's amazing how um, some people have, have joined because they heard about the anonymity and how some people have decided not to join because of the anonymity. I cannot control that. But I am so grateful. Look how far I have come. I've been able to secure a place for us 
that is there every single week, once a week, and we get that room for one hour, and that is all that I'm looking at, and 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 it, it's just amazing. So that's as far as the twelve steps go. Thank you. Thank you, Laura H. We have time for two or three more questions. Star one to unmute if you'd like to ask a question this morning. First name, first letter of your last name as well, please. Cindy K. This is Marla. Marla S. Marla S. Jennifer H. And Jennifer H. Morning. Is that Maura back there? Yes, ma'am. Okay. We'll tuck you in there. Okay. Do you have time for one more, Leah? Denise What's your name? H. Denise H. Did I hear? Yes. Okay. All right. Excellent. Cindy K. Please go ahead. Everybody else, please mute. Hi. Good morning. This is Cindy K. From Kansas City, Missouri. And I want to thank you for your service and thank you everyone for being here. Um, my question is, I am recovering, I'm in the steps, and I'm old enough to know this, but I don't know how to cook. Um, and I've been told that I need to prepare my menus, and I try, but um, it's so frustrating because I have been living off fast foods and cereal all my life, which is why one reason why I need to come in here besides my unmanageability of my life. Um, so I, I was wondering if you have any suggestions. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Your question has been heard. Thank you. Sarah. Okay. My, okay. You wanted to ask something else? Um, I just wanted to know if there's any suggestions as to... Um, how to make a menu while you're learning how to eat properly. And that's all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you. Um, With my experience, um, I was on diets all along, all my whole life, my entire life, up and down, yo-yoing, up and down. I had all kinds of sizes in my closets, and um, I was told to prepare my own foods and also to 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 um, to get on a, a normal diet. I was very fortunate that I was referred to a wonderful nutritionist, and that nutritionist and I worked out menus for myself. I believe that OA also has menus um, if you go to their website. Um, I I, I believe they call it a triangle something. I'm not sure exactly because I never used their um, menus. Um, For me, it was personalized. Everything was personalized. And um, as far as cooking, I just want to uh, mention that... um, even while I was learning how to cook, I needed to look at all the ingredients that I was eating. 
And uh, many, many ingredients list the words like dextrose. They don't want you to, you know, they don't want to say really sugar. They use um, sucrose and they use dextrose and they use anything like that, you know. Um, I spice my foods today with different kinds of uh, healthy uh, spices. I believe um, that a nutritionist can help you with that. And uh, if you want to call me um, privately, um, I don't mind. I don't mind sharing more with you. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy Kay. Marla S., your turn. Good morning, everybody. Liz, both Liz, thank you so much, Lady. Your story was phenomenally helpful. Uh, Marla S. from Iowa. Um, I was just kind of wondering how do you help or how do you help or try to help members that are currently in your groups that you know are still suffering that you've shared the message with um there are a lot of them like that i'll call that i know just aren't willing or ready yet and and but they may still want to call and just talk for example but if i kind of get a feeling that someone isn't ready to put their food down yet do you do you still just keep talking to them or do you kind of let it go until you sense that they're more ready? Um, just wondering about how to help those that keep coming to meetings but aren't really fully ready to jump into the step work or put the food down yet, and I hope that's clear enough. Thank you, Marla. Thank you so much. Um, so what what happens um, is that... Uh, Yes, we've had some people like that. I can't, I can't judge anybody. I cannot, for no reason at all. These rooms are open to anyone and everyone. And when you get it, that's when your time will be. It's your story and it's your, your journey. It's Leah's journey and Leah's story of how I'm going to recover. And um, we need to step back, but we, we don't need to, you know, if, if we're expending time and, and we're on a phone call and, and this person is just not, uh, it's just back into the food, then I feel I'm wasting my own energy because when somebody is in the food, their minds are clogged and I need if, if I'm talking on my private phone, then um, it's me giving to that person specifically. And if I'm not giving, it, it's just not going to work. And I need to gently hang up. Um, if I'm talking at a meeting, I continue to talk because that's what a meeting is all about. But if it's a personal phone call and I do find, then I have to I just have to step back. There's one more thing I want to say about that. About 4 weeks ago, I noticed that my son is beginning to exhibit behaviors of compulsive overeating. And um I was devastated. My son knows what I feel. He knows what I say. He knows exactly what my program is all about. And here he's doing the same thing. 
It's four weeks, and I have to step back. I wake up in the middle of the night because I heard somebody crashing a, a plate, and I know it's him. And I walk out later on, and I, I see the closet open in the weirdest of places where he has put some stuff. Wow, wow, and I have to step back. I have to pray for him, and that's all I can do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marla S. Jennifer, your turn. Please offer the first letter of your last name as well. What name did you say? Was there a Jennifer? Oh, yes, this is Jennifer H. Thank you so much. H, go ahead, please. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for uh, talking about um, character defects and I would really appreciate if you could speak a little bit about um, procrastination and you identified yourself as a procrastinator, somebody who was struggling with that. Thank you very much. Just your experience, strength, and hope with that. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Yes, I used to procrastinate. Um, oh, wow. How how did I... Um, I just tackled it. I just did it um, because I saw that I was doing other things that weren't so difficult. And um, uh, let's let's begin with something. I always arrived five minutes late, later than you had told me to come. I would be five minutes later. And uh, and now I decided that it wasn't going. I, I I literally had to take that that character defect and um, bring it to God and say, "Dear God, help me out with this one." I always used to do this. I no longer want to do this. And um, as I was doing that. I I was giving my trust into God. And so when I didn't think it was necessary, like uh, let's say uh, about 15 minutes ahead of time, I started doing what I was supposed to be doing ahead of time. And then I did not come late. So the first time that really happened, it was unbelievable. And you want to know something? <laughs> the other people were late, but that had nothing to do with it. It was a, a it was a victory for me. It was like, oh wow, I am on time. I overcame one of my character defects. That what that's what it was all about. And I knew I didn't overcome it by myself. See, I I um I specifically brought it to the. Uh, you know, like to the forefront, to to the attention. This is this is the one that's standing out. This is the one that I've got to tackle. And so, um, I guess just continuing to practice that, and practice it, and practice it. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer H, for the question. Mara Z, your turn.
star one to unmute Mara Z. Well, I thought I was. Sorry about that. Thank you to both Leahs for your service. Can you hear me now, Leah? Sure do. Okay, thank you. Apologize for that. Leah S., I've been um, I've been struggling with something in, 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 in my spirituality. How do you seek God? I pray every morning, God, please help me to seek, to know, and to do thy will. And lately I've been asking him, please teach me how to seek. And I'm not quite sure how to do that. So I would, I would be interested in your experience, strength, and hope on that subject. How do you seek him? Wonderful question. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you. Because I was cynical about God. I knew that how can I speak to God when I did all these things? You know, there's one more thing that I didn't even talk about. I used to silently um, curse. (laughs) I used to, uh, my frustrations came out that way. Um, So it was even more difficult for me to go and say, hey, God, I'm here again, you know. I had a wonderful sponsor who gave me an assignment, and this assignment really, really helped me. She told me to write down um, what I would like to do in a 24-hour period with a person that is very loving towards me and is very attuned to my needs and my wants and, and my everything. You know, and it doesn't have to be oriented in OA. I was shocked. She said, don't talk about abstinence. If you want to wake up on a cruise and have that latte, write it down that your best friend made sure you had that. You understand? Um, If you wanted a, you know, like, you don't need to be that person that you are, but you know, go into your imagination of what you really would like, and when, and 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 spending those twenty four hours with the person that really is just tuned into you. And so I wrote, I wrote, and I wrote everything. Uh, I, I didn't write that I was married. I, I talked about my boyfriend. I talked about whatever, you know, and and I wrote. And then she said, you don't have to share it with me unless you want to. And that was a mind boggler. And I said, okay, so why did I write that? She said, that's for you. That's for you in your journey. And um, could you imagine that for 24 hours, someone, a human being, is attuned to your needs you have to personalize your own God. You have to make him who you want him to be. A new slate, a new clean page. Don't think about the past. Don't think about what you did or did not do. Just personalize this. And that's what I did. I wrote down love kindness, tolerance, 
acceptance, non-judgmental. <laughs> That's my God. That is my God from now on. That power is going to be for me. I'm going to feel that power. I'm going to bring it into my heart. Love, kindness, tolerance, acceptance, non-judgmental. And I decided to try it out for one hour. And it worked. It worked. It didn't work like it works today. Because you know why? It's so huge that that kind of feelings of love and kindness, they are so huge. They can be plugged into more and more and more. And they can grow. But try it out. Try it out because because your life will be saved that way. Thank you. Thank you, Maura Z, for the question. Our final question for the morning comes from Denise H. Star one to unmute Denise. Hello, this is Denise H. in uh, East Tennessee. Um, My question is um, when and sort of how did you start sponsoring? At what point? Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Thank you very much. I actually, I was very petrified about counseling. I mean, counseling. (laughs) I was petrified about sponsoring. What if, I don't know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if, what if? And I treated it um, like my sponsor told me to treat it. So my sponsor said, you're going to get a sponsor and I'm going to gently let you go, and you're going to continue your 10 steps. And whenever you want to, you will call me, and I will be there. But you can only relate your experience and your hopes and your strengths. And if you cannot, then it's okay to say, I have no experience with that. However, in the big book, it talks about how to find that higher power and find the right direction. And um, it was very scary at first. Um, I started to sponsor, and uh, and, and, and then somehow uh, uh, it didn't work out. And then I I took another sponsee, and it didn't work out. And I kind of got frustrated, and I called my sponsor, and I said, well, maybe I'm not doing something right. And my sponsor said, well, tell me what you're doing. And I did. And she says, you're doing everything the way you're supposed to be doing. Put your name out more and get more, and you'll see it'll click. And it started to click. And that's how I started sponsoring. And um, I don't don't do their steps. They are supposed to do their own steps. They are supposed to read this big book on their own. 
they're supposed to tell you what they feel on their own. It's not me doing the work. It's me doing the work, but it's getting the feedback that is really building me. And, and, and that's what sponsoring is all about. So, yes, I've had uh, some people who want to stay with the program, some people who don't, but that doesn't reflect about me. It reflects on whoever wants to get this program. Thank you. Thank you, Denise H. Thanks to all those who posed questions this morning. And, of course, thank you so much, Leah S., for your generosity this morning, sharing your personal insights and experience with a transformed life as a result of these 12 steps. Thank you very much. Today's share ID, once again, 12,011. That's 12011. We're going to close from page 164. It's in a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us who should trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>